This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. We're glad that you're here with us today and hope that you're having a great week and enjoying the nice weather outside and um, getting uh, sort of getting back to normal a little bit in some ways. And so we're thankful to just be able to uh, be with you this morning and, and to be together. We're going to kick off a new series today, uh, and we're going to call it Connect, period, Connect. We did a series back in the last fall called Connect, period, and, and it was really all about our process and our mission and vision and, and how, we, um, how we do do what we do and what we believe God has called us to do. But today we're going to kick off a, a series that's going to run along that same line, but it's a, a little different look because we're calling it Connect Period, the Pandemic Edition. The Pandemic Edition, because if, uh, if nothing else, this has shown us that we uh, have to do things differently in a pandemic. So we have we have approached uh, doing church. We haven't been able to meet in our building. We haven't been able to get together in groups of, of any sort. And so it has changed a lot of things. But one of the things that I've been thinking about uh, as it pertains to this um, this series and this this moment in time is that there are certain foundational ideas that still. Uh, ring true in any environment, in any, in any way that we look at life, in any way that we live as Christ followers, th- um, there are things that we, that we will do no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation. There are things that are going to be important to us, that are going to matter, that are going to be vital to our spiritual health and, and relationship with God, that are going to hold things together. And so uh, that's really a part of what I want to talk to you about today. And today we're going to talk about uh, connect in the presence. Connect in the presence. Because uh, this whole pandemic idea, uh, I want to talk to you about what a pandemic really is. Here's a definition. A pandemic is a disease epidemic that has spread across the whole region from, uh, for instance, multiple continents or worldwide. So it's it's a disease epidemic that is spread across a large group of, of people or nations or continents worldwide. And so th- the word pandemic, though, comes from the Greek, two Greek words put together. Pan means all, and then uh, demos means people. So pandemic technically means all people. And as I thought about that idea, as I, as I reflected on that idea, I thought, man, isn't that what God calls us to do with the gospel, to, to create uh, this pandemic of the gospel, to take the gospel to all people. And, and so it's, it's that idea that all people worldwide need the gospel. And uh, it, when, we, when we think about the idea that God wants us to spread something across the world, across the nations, uh, and, and take the good news, it, it's important that we have a process. 
And so the question becomes, how can we do this in the state of lockdown? When, when people are afraid to get together or people are afraid to touch each other, people are afraid, they don't even know how to act around each other anymore in this, in this moment because of a fear of spreading this virus, which is a legitimate fear, a legitimate uh, concern for us to have. And, and we want to be careful and, and, and conscious of the health of the people around us and, and so we, we we want to respect people's you know space and and all of that it, it it changes the way that we operate so how can we spread the gospel in this kind of environment how can we how can we um, spread the good news of God's grace and love across the world. Well, I believe that we already that we've already been given as a church that we've already been given a process that works in every context and every circumstance that we're in. You, you see, our mission here at Connection Christian Church is this: is that CCC exists to help people connect with God, connect with others, and connect in ministry. Now. Right now, the physical connection is a little bit tough. It's, it's definitely a challenge. But that doesn't mean that we still can't connect uh, in many ways. And, and our first and primary connection point is connecting with God. So uh, sometimes things happen that challenge the, the, and, and press us out of our comfort zones like a global pandemic. We are doing things now that we don't have a comfort zone for. We're doing things very differently. We're operating in many areas of our lives in a completely different way than we have in the past. And that's pressed us out of our comfort zone. And one of the things about the church in church history is that if you look back when the church grew, when the church expanded, when the church really became uh, effective and dynamic in the world were times when the church was pressed out of its comfort zone. In, in, back in the book of Acts, Jesus told his followers that he was, was going to send them, that they were going to be his witness, and they were going to bring his grace and his love to the world on his behalf. And, and he told them that, and then, and then they stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't go anywhere. He said, you're going to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth with this good news. And they didn't go anywhere. But then in Acts chapter 7, something bad happened. The stoning of Stephen really started a, uh, a persecution that pressed the church out of Jerusalem, that it, it, it pressed them out of their comfort zone. It caused them to have to move and, and to, have to, um, to have to leave what they were, uh, had grown accustomed to. In Acts, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 8 verse 1 is really the fulfillment of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus tells his followers, you're going to be my witness. You're going to take this thing everywhere. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to get out of what's familiar, and you're going to go, and you're going to take my grace and my love to the world and tell them about me. The problem is 
it didn't happen until until the persecution started, uh, until something happened that, that pressed them out. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, On that day, the, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. This was at least two or three years later. Some even estimate many more years than that, that, that the church had basically... Uh, stayed there in Jerusalem. Now, it had grown, and it had uh, developed, and, and, and it had matured, but it hadn't moved. It hadn't gone anywhere yet. But suddenly, they found, they, they lost everything that they had grown accustomed to. Suddenly, they lost their homes, and they, and they lost their buildings, and, and they had to leave everything that was familiar does that sound familiar? <laughs> We've had to leave everything that has been familiar to us, all, all the processes that we have grown accustomed to and gotten comfortable in, we, we had to leave those and we had to find a new way, find a different way to connect with uh, each other and to, to be able to spread the gospel, to be able to share the good news. We, we've had to find new uh, and innovative ways and, and we have reimagined everything. We've rethought how to do uh, so many things uh, during this last just couple of months that we've been, that we've been doing this. So, so how does the church continue to spread and grow in this kind of environment? I want to talk to you about God's presence in this kind of environment, because as I said at the beginning, our number one goal, our number one purpose in our mission is to connect with God. And when we connect in God's presence, when we connect with Him in His presence, that sets the foundation, that lays, that lays the groundwork for everything else that we do. And if we neglect His presence, if we don't experience God's presence, then everything after that will suffer. Everything after that will, will, will be on shaky ground. It won't uh, it won't be as strong. And, and so I, I just want to tell you a little story about myself. When, when I was younger, I grew up down in Tennessee, in East Tennessee, and going to church was kind of a, it was just kind of a normal thing for everyone, you know, um, or at least that's what it seemed like to me. It, it seemed like a normal thing. And, and we went to a few different, a few different churches and experienced a, a several different things. We, uh, you, you know, I, I, I saw old ladies run up and down the aisles screaming and yelling and carrying on. And, and then, I, I, you know, I saw a lot of other uh, more conservative ways of worshiping. And I was just exposed to a lot of different methods or a lot of different environments as, as it came. But when I was a young teenager, I... Um, was at a little church up in the mountains, Hogskin, up on Hogskin in Flag Pond, Tennessee, which is in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And at this little, uh, tiny little white country church called Roseville Baptist Church. And the preacher there, his name was Vestal Edwards. You'd probably never heard that name before, Vestal. Um, but he, he was preaching, and, and I felt God calling me, and I felt the, I felt the tug. And, and so I did what everybody does uh, in, in that environment, or did in that environment. I walked the aisle. I knelt down at the altar, and the preacher came over and whispered in my ear and told me what to pray. And, and I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. And, 
And uh, shortly after that, I was baptized in the, in the little creek out behind, uh, behind that church. And that water was, it was cold. It was frozen, but still running somehow. I don't know how, but, but it, was, it was cold. And, and, and it was there that, that I, it was during that time that I experienced the presence of God for the very first time. And what it felt like to me was that it was a very childlike faith. And it, and it felt like I was sitting on God's lap and his arms were wrapped securely around me. And I can still remember that sensation. I can still remember that feeling uh, of what the security of that. And, and it, it caused me to, um, to develop a hunger for that for that feeling. And I, I didn't realize that till many years later. Because after that, shortly after that, um, it, it seems it's, it's all kind of a blur, but it seems like shortly after that, my life kind of blew up. It, it kind of went crazy, and, and um, we ended up moving to a, a different town. Uh, and there's a lot of story in there that I'll skip over, but I ended up drifting far, far away from God during that time. I ended up really not just drifting, I intentionally ran away from God. Um, several years after that, I graduated high school, I joined the, joined the army, and, and went away to the, to the military. And even in my running away from God, though, I still remembered what it was like to be in His presence. I still remembered what it was like to feel that security of sitting on his lap with his arms around me. Now, here's the thing. I didn't feel like that anymore, but I remembered what it felt like. And that stuck with me for a long time. And I'll get back to that story uh, in, in a few minutes. But right now, I want to talk to you about what that means to connect with God. Around here, we experience the presence of God through worship and prayer. Connecting with God is connecting in worship. When we declare the worship of God in our lives, when we understand how much He is worth to us, His presence is worth, uh, to, how much His presence is worth to us, then we will change our lives, we will rearrange our lives so that we can be in His presence. That that idea from my childhood that was planted in me has driven me as a core value to pursue God in worship and prayer. Now, I didn't always do that, but I think God used that to plant a seed in me that later in life I would come back around to and my life would be devoted to sharing with people that... Our primary goal, here's point number one, connecting in the presence of God is our primary goal. I think that primary goal for me, that primary core value for me, comes from that experience that I had so many years ago. In, in um, Psalm 16, there's a psalm that is actually used by, by Peter later in Acts chapter 2. 
at the day of Pentecost when Peter gets up and he preaches and, and, and he begins to share uh, what is happening. He quotes David in, uh, from the Psalms and, and, and uses that as a way of telling them what is happening through Jesus and what Jesus is making possible here. Uh, he, he quotes it in Acts chapter 2, but it actually comes from Psalm 16. And that's the psalm I want to talk about God's presence with you uh, uh, today. In Psalm 16, verse 8, it says this, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. With Him at right, my right hand, I will not be shaken. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Here's the point. Connecting in the presence of God is where we find security. You see, that connection that I had with God as a young teenager, it created a desire for the security of God in my life. Now, I didn't keep that. I didn't stay aware of that. I didn't stay plugged into that for many, many years through my early, uh, late teenage years and early 20s. I, I didn't, but, but somewhere along the way, and I'll talk about that in a minute, God, God reminded me of that. I didn't keep my eyes always on the Lord during that time. And because of that, I, I didn't feel like God was there at my right hand. And so I felt like I was shaken all over. I, I felt like my whole life was just kind of blown and tossed by the wind. But when we will keep our eyes on the Lord and He is at our right hand, we will not be shaken because it's in His presence. It's in the presence of God where we find security. I wonder if you could just self-reflect yourself right now. Where are you? Do you feel like you are in the hands of God right now? Are you secure in His hands right now? Or do you feel blown and tossed by, by every wave because of, of the upheaval of our lives right now and the things that are out of whack and the, and the fact that you've been moved out of your comfort zone? Is that affecting you? Psalm 16, verse 9 and 10 go on to say, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Now this is the part that Peter uses in Acts 2 to talk about Jesus. That, he was, that God was not going to abandon Jesus. That He was going to be there. But listen, He's also talking about us. That when we trust in Him, He says, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. I'm filled with joy because my body also will rest secure. It was that security that I felt in the presence of God that has driven me. Here's the point. Is that connecting in the presence of God is where we find peace and rest. Where is your soul today? Where, where is your spirit today? Do you feel the peace and the rest of God in your life right now? Or are you filled with fear and anxiety and stress and, and, and the unknown? Are the, are the question marks floating around in your head like bees buzzing around? It, uh, what, what's happening there? Because he's calling us back to a connection in his presence. Because when we connect with God, 
it changes everything. And we connect in His presence when we worship Him, when we pray to Him, when we reach out to Him. And worship and prayer are our vehicles. When you, when you are lost in that fear, just stop and worship Him. Stop and find a way to give God praise, to lift up His name, read the psalm, sing a song, do something that causes you to worship Him and to come into His presence because it's in His presence where you will find peace and rest. Verse 11 goes on and says this, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in Your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Let me, let me read that again. You make known to me the path of life. In other words, you make known to me the plan that you have for me, the plan that you, and purpose that you have for my life. You make it known to me when I am in your presence, when I am focused on you, when I'm listening, when I'm being aware and paying attention. You make known the plan of life. And you will fill me with joy in your presence. Because in the presence of God, we are filled with joy. In the presence of God, we can't be filled with fear. We can't be filled with anxiety. In, 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 in uh, Philippians 4, where, where the Apostle Paul says, do not, be, uh, do not be anxious for anything, but in all things rejoice. Pray. Ask God. Raise up. He says, I, re I will rejoice I say it again, rejoice. I'll be filled with joy because the joy of the presence, the, the joy that comes when we are in the presence of God drives out fear. It drives out anxiety. The, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The strength that we have is the joy and the joy comes from being in his presence. So how are you practicing the presence of God right now? How are you living in the presence of God? Or are you distracted by the world? Are you distracted by all the things that are going on around us and, and uh, neglecting that time with the Lord, that time with the Father? Because listen, it doesn't matter if we're quarantined or if we are set free, we can be in the the presence of God wherever we are. Most of the writing that we receive from the Apostle Paul in the New Testament teaching us and showing us how to live in the presence of God, he wrote from a jail cell. He wrote while he was locked up and bound in chains because uh, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter to him. He, it was in his spirit that he was connecting with God and it changed everything. So connecting in the presence of God is where we find our joy. It's where we find joy. I want to go back to the story. Because after my childhood and then I grew up and all that space in between, I found myself at that point in the army. And the next time that I experienced the presence of God, I was as far away from a church as you could possibly be. I was sitting out in the middle of the desert in uh, just south of Baghdad in Iraq. I was sitting in the back of a Bradley uh, fighting vehicle, and, and we were kind of waiting for something to happen. The, the, the battle had sort of already happened. We had been through Kuwait and, and, and all of that um, uh, up and over, and we were, we were basically guarding, um, guarding the line for any forces that might be coming down from Baghdad toward the southern part of 
Iraq and, and into Saudi Arabia. And, and pretty much it was sitting there watching tumbleweeds go by. And, and as, we, as we did that, something really strange began to happen. I, I can only ex- describe it as static. The static in my head, sitting there in the middle of the desert, waiting for something to happen, in the quiet, with no distractions around, and, 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 and time. The noise that I had filled my head with, the, the static, the distraction that I had filled my head with, it, it just began to dissipate. It just began to, to evaporate and to disappear. And as it did, and as it got quiet in my own head, in my own spirit, I began to hear the voice of God again. And I'll never forget what I heard him say in that moment. Now, not in an audible voice, but but in my spirit, I I heard him say, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. And those words still burn in my soul. (laughs) They, 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 They left a mark in my soul. Because I believe what God was reminding me of was, remember that time back when you were a young teenager and you were sitting on my lap and my arms were wrapped around you and you felt more secure than you have ever felt in your entire life? I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. You see, being in the presence of God created something in me. It created a desire and a hunger in me to pursue that. To pursue that peace and that rest and that security and that joy that I get from being in the presence of God. And that is what God brought me back to. It's been a long journey, but he brought me back to dedicating my life to not only pursuing that for myself, but, but leading others and, and, and trying to help others in that same pursuit And that's been the calling of my life. And and I still hear those words where he said, I am still here. I haven't gone anywhere. You know, as we close out today, I just want to offer an invitation to anyone out there, anyone out there that might be hearing my voice anywhere in the world right now, whatever your circumstances, whatever your story is, I want you to understand that you're not listening to this by accident. This is a divine appointment that God has orchestrated in your life for you to be able to hear His Word. That He has grace and love for you. You see, that's our way to spread the gospel right now is to put it out there in in the airwaves in whatever way that we can to let people know that he is still here he hasn't gone anywhere we are not alone he is with us always and and so those words that he spoke to me those so many years ago I, i just believe that he's speaking them to someone right now he's speaking them to you right now He's saying, listen, I know know you may have lost your way. I know you may have gone a different route. I know you may have gone through some stuff. But I want you to know, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. And here's what I know. All I had to do was turn around. All I had to do was turn around, was repent 
and just say, God, I'm, I, I don't want to run from you anymore. I want to come back to you. Now, when I turned around, it, it wasn't all of a sudden I was sitting back on his lap with his arms wrapped around me. It was a different experience when I, it, it, when I turned around this time. When I turned around this time, I felt like I was, a, I was a child standing over in the corner, but I could see him standing there with his arms stretched out, inviting me to come back. And I just believe that that's what he's doing for us today. It's that he's just standing there with his arms stretched out, inviting you to come back, inviting you to, to, to be with him. Because he did everything he could possibly do to the extent of dying on a cross so that you could come back to him. We're going to celebrate that now through communion. And as we remember what he has done for us to make it possible for us to come back to him. Because he hasn't gone anywhere. He's still here. We, we celebrate what he has done. Jesus invites us to sit at the table with Him. Forget everything that you think you need to understand uh, that connect, connecting in the presence of God is our primary goal. Forget everything else. Our primary goal is connecting with Him in His presence. And when we do that, it gives us the foundation to move forward. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 17, speaking of, of, of things that we've been distracted by, idols that we've maybe brought into our lives, things that we've let take up space that, has, that, that have taken our eyes off of him. The Apostle Paul says to them, therefore, my, my friends, flee from idolatry. In other words, flee from those things that are getting in the way, those things that are creating distraction in your life, that are taking your focus off of God and being in His presence. He says, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. So I want to invite you, he says, and is, it not, is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. In other words, when we celebrate the body of Christ together, we are celebrating as one body that is looking to God and saying, Lord, we want to be in your presence so I want to just invite you now to join us in communion to take your bread or whatever you have there that represents the body of Christ and receive the body. Paul says in verse 16, Is it not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks? a participation in the body, in the blood of Christ. It's the cup of thanksgiving. We thank Him for His sacrifice. We thank Him for His uh, blood that was shed that washes away our sins, that sets us free so that we could have a relationship with Him, so that we can have this connection with Him. I invite you to take, to receive the blood of Christ represented by the Jews, juice that sets you free.
as we celebrate communion together. We celebrate as one body. And if you are uh, of those who, who prayed that prayer at the beginning uh, to respond to the invitation that God is calling you back, then I just encourage you to, to, to let someone know. I encourage you, first of all, to just join with me right now in prayer and just call on, call on His name. Say this, Lord Jesus, I receive Your grace and I receive Your love. I receive the gift of salvation that you give me and I receive your forgiveness because it's only in the receiving by faith that you are, are able to experience this t- togetherness with God. Remember this, no matter where you are, what you're doing, God is saying to you, I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. To the rest of us, I just believe that this is our reminder and, and our opportunity to connect in the presence with God and to connect in His presence uh, to experience Him afresh and, and anew again today. For every day there is new grace and He's inviting us to be with Him. So Father, we just praise You and we thank You for the opportunity to be with You, to be together as a family, as a body of believers and to, to be of one heart and one accord in connecting with you and praising and worshiping you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.